Hey everyone, you're listening to the Simple Electronics Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, from the Simple Electronics YouTube channel. This episode is sponsored by PCBWay, but more about that later, because right now I have a very special guest, probably, I'll hazard to say, my favorite guest, at least the most common guest I have here, another maker. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. If I can't be favorite, at least I'll be common. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> if the women don't find you handsome, they, mu- they should at least find you hand, yeah, whatever, exactly. you know, <laughs> handy. Jeez, yeah. I'm going to get roasted by all my Canadian uh, <laughs> listeners for messing that up. But it is what is it is. Is that from Red Green? I it can't is remember. Red is that Green. from Red Green? Yep. Yes. All right. Yep. Fantastic. Red Green. He's, uh, I think I sent you one of his episodes over on YouTube and it was corny oh, yeah. as hell, but I mean, don't forget, we were a lot of us were 10 when we were watching it. I don't know what my parents yeah. have to say for an excuse, because they definitely weren't 10 when they were watching it. Just, yeah, I think I watched that in the late 90s. I mean, I, I remember watching those things. Fantastic. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Uh, just going back and watching it, the production value isn't quite as good as I remembered it as a kid, but it is what it is. Good stuff. So, um, you are here... Uh, well, because first of all, you're always invited on the podcast. So anytime you want to come onto the podcast, you're welcome to. But I'm not going to make it sound as though you want to be on the podcast. Um, I asked you because I'd like to continue our tradition of sort of like an end of the year wrap up podcast. And this is what it is this time. And I thought we'd be a little late this year. You know, this is going to go live on the 4th. Uh, however, last year it was on the 19th. We were way later. Really? So, yeah. I always thought that I did the last podcast of the year. That was in 2022. Okay. Yeah. So 2023, or sorry, uh, 2021, I guess that would be, uh, that would be the first year. But yeah, so now we released the last one on tw- on January 19th, 2023. And that means um, we are right on time this year. Interesting. Okay. Who bumped me last year? Uh, nobody bumped you, but I think the end of the year I had uh, Senya on the mm. uh, the knit knit underscore two underscore code uh, on Instagram. The uh, she is another uh, code wizard like you who um, uh, who knitted LEDs into clothing and made a that's right RGB um, umbrella. Really cool stuff. She was a great guest too, so don't feel bad about that. Yeah, that was a good one. I don't mind. All right. So let's actually get down to the brass tacks right off the bat. We had a bet for 2023. Oh, God. Um, and l- let me put myself in the hot seat first. Okay. I said on the last episode, and you guys can fact check this. This is from the podcast number 63 on January 19th, 2023. I said, well, actually, in fact, this was for 2022 as well. Uh, 2022, I said that I was going to make a Node-RED project. And Mm. the penalty of not doing that was to buy another maker a pizza. However, I didn't finish it and neither did did you. So we went and rolled it back into 2023, rolled it forward into 2023. Double or nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) and then the penalty was... I had to buy you a pizza if I didn't do it, and I had to donate $100 to the food bank of my choice. And that was, um, and I had to add also one more layer, which was making 12 tutorial videos with accompanying articles. I even had one halfway done, and I made none, zero. (laughs) (laughs) So I have zero. 
So that is so hard. That yeah, is so hard. It, it is. But well, you know, the thing is, though, do you remember last year thinking that you were actually going to do it? Like, I'm sitting here thinking there is no freaking way. But I mean, last year we were so full of vim and vigor and then we're going to do all these things. I yeah. was going to yeah. do it. But you know what happened <laughs> is that the college contracted me for way more than I thought and way more sporadically, like way more intermittent, like they basically last minute call ups like, hey, do you want to do eight weeks of a contract? It's like, uh, yes. And I got a new job with a independent uh, mechanic, basically, which the company was just him and I. And not only is working for him better than working for the dealership, so I didn't feel existential dread when I had to go to work. But also, um, when he needed me it was like if i don't go the only thing that's going to happen is he's going to double his workload he's going to still do it yeah and so i felt a little bit more responsibility to go to work but at the same time i did get paid more so it is what it is right yeah you can't complain about that you've got to put food on the table i mean that is a little bit more important than tutorial videos for sure. So I will, I, I still do want to do that. I'm not going to add another 12 for this year because 12 is still a lot. Um, but I do still want to do a Node Red project. I still want to do 12 tutorial videos. And um, I will, before the end of this podcast, think of something. But I did fail my side. So if I'm sure you, I failed mine. So if you succeeded yours, okay, you get a pizza. If you didn't, though, I say we push. How, how does that okay. feel? Okay. All right, deal. All right, but but we cannot push the hundred dollar. At least I won't push the hundred dollar um, donation to the food bank. Uh, that's important okay. to me. I'm I'm that's right. that's a given. Ottawa Food Bank, you got a hundred U.S. dollars heading your way very shortly. Okay. All right. So care to hear what your promises were? Because I can't even remember. Okay. So the one from the 2021 or 2022. Anyways, the first one that we rolled forward is that you want to learn a new code type. And an example you gave was like React or Node.js. Okay. And you had to make a project with that. You couldn't just like theoretically learn it. So so okay. let's start there. Did you did you do that in 2023? I did do Python. Um, oh. I made a project, but I can't say that I made a project that I actually... Oh, I did. Oh, boy. I, I did. Do? So, okay, and I think we talked about it on maybe the last podcast or two back, but um, and I can say more about it now, but I made that AI project, uh, the machine learning project in Python, and I believe, man, I better make sure that was 2023, off the check, uh, but I made that big, um, so, okay, there was a company that wanted Minesweeper in their lobby. I think we might have talked about this, and so they basically had something that looked like a metal detector and you'd walk around the lobby and you know push it to mark the mines and the way it worked was that there were projectors on the ceiling that were projecting the minesweeper board on the floor and um so what i did was i used cameras to tell where in the room the minesweeper thing was and detect that and so when they pushed the button the Python would do all the calculations on the fly and would tell where the Minesweeper was so they could plant the flag. And I did do that in Python. And that was the first, like, that's actually in a lobby right now. That's a real Python project that I made. 
All right. That is. And that's actually what gave me the idea. We talked about it in the last one with the Roku codes that I was going to do another project where I used it to find my parts bins uh, with AI. So that's where that all came from was that I, I developed that technology for the, the Minesweeper game. So this is exciting. So right now, you are half a pizza away okay. from right. winning because there All is right. a very important, because you said it was two things. So the other thing, do you, do you have any idea what it could be? I know what it is because I wrote it down. Was it documenting user spice? Um, so yes, it was documenting user spice, but you made it harder because that's not the first thing you said. You said one thing and then document all oh, of user spice. Do okay. You remember? So I was going to make it a strength? Make it. What did I? No, no. A strength? Okay. No, you said you would try to take on average one day off per week. Did oh, you gosh. accomplish these two things? So it depends if you consider Sunday a day off. <laughs> Um, as a self-employed, I would say yes, it does. I think, yeah, I did. I mean, I, I don't think there's, yeah, there, well, and, and I took the entire month of December off, so I didn't work one day in December, so I absolutely took a day off a week. So there you go. You, you hey, came in here. That's fantastic. I know you came in here thinking you lost everything, but it turns <laughs> out you are the grand winner. Congratulations. Wow. Look at me being motivated. Absolutely. I didn't even know I was doing it. That's and fantastic. 100%. I, uh, I, I am a man of my word. Uh, next time you have a pizza, I need you to tell me the, the amount because you just okay. order from whatever pizza place you want, whatever quantity, and I will, I will PayPal you that money, my friend. Okay. And I'll say this. I will donate. Um, there's, I, I don't want to get into too many details, but there is a, a product or a program in Brampton, Ontario, Canada that uh, provides meals. So we have free school lunches here in, in Florida and kids can show up. And in fact, if school's closed, they still get food, um, but they don't have that product in Brampton. And so I will donate to their, uh, to their program that provides school meals for kids that need them. Awesome. So uh, basically in, in, on the whole, Ontario is, is up about 200 bucks American exactly. in, in terms of food security. And the another maker household is up whatever the hell an American pizza costs forty bucks, right. fifty bucks. I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> we have Little Caesars, five bucks. Well, no, it doesn't have to be Little Caesar. <laughs> Let me. All right. I will say though, um, for those listening to the podcast that are genuinely concerned about my sort of financial state, the the uh the the, the downside of working so much in twenty twenty three is that I have no time for myself. Like I was truly and utterly burned out. I did nothing for the last two weeks and I still feel like I need more time off. So that, that is, I, I'm definitely burned out, but financially, um, the channel isn't in the positive, but I am in the positive. So nice. no worries. You know, everyone, my, my financial health is good. In fact, uh, if anyone wants to drop their memberships or, Patreon, that's fine, but that money was always going back into the channel anyways, and it still will be. So uh, so I am more than happy to donate to people who are not in that sort of um, financial shape. So uh, there we go. There you have Same it. Here. Excellent. So 
congratulations on on that win. Now comes the Man, difficult I'm part. And I'm giddy. That's exciting. I, I that's my biggest accomplishment. Especially since especially since you thought you were never ever going to be able to finish this. Well, I thought I had committed to doing um to doing uh the the JavaScript language this year. And I've actually decided that's a not a good thing for me to put any time into. So I had sort of like purposely relegated that one. But Python is something I have been putting time in. So that's that's good that I left it a little generic. So I guess kind of a technicality there. No, I'm a strickler for the rules. And you said a new, you said not a necessarily new language, but a new code type. And then you gave an example yep. uh, of React or Node.js and make right. a project. And I believe you have fulfilled that 100%. Wow. There is no... I mean, people in the, how about this? People in listening to the podcast, if you can leave a comment, leave a comment to say if it counts or not. Uh, right now, I'm ruling that it counts. If we get an overwhelming, uh, you know, amount of people that say it doesn't count, we'll deal with that in next year's wrap-up. Then there shall be no pizza. No, there will be pizza, but <laughs> then we'll, there may be some retribution pizza. Okay, all right. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but reparations. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Reparational pizza, <laughs> which, which is not Little Caesars. You know, that's not that's okay. not a good that's not a All good right. thing. But now, what do we want to get accomplished in 2024? So I'll go first to let you some time to think. But I was uh, I was chatting with my wife this morning, and I think the most important thing for me is I want my channel to be more important. Now, this is super broad, I understand, um, and but this is going to be an over the overtime thing. I want my channel to be somewhere where a lot of people say, you know that Simple Electronics channel? That's an important channel in the scheme of whatever. And so this year, I, I want 2024 um, for me to, to be for me to experiment with different video types that I will enjoy making that will um, be more, will, will bring more importance. So either that be the content is more digestible because it's educational yet also entertaining, whether that be the production value is up or just the new types of videos. So I'm not going to commit to doing sort of like X amount of X videos because I already have 12 of those to commit to. But this year, I want it to be a little bit more experimental to figure out what I prefer, what types of videos I prefer doing and, um, and seeing the results of that, making a little bit of a science experiment out of my YouTube channel. Okay. So that's what I'm going to commit for this year. I like it. How about you? Do you have anything? Uh, okay, let's take the... So you did a vague one, so I'll do a vague one for, for at least this one. If we make multiples, we'll, we'll do that. But uh, So I want to... Uh, I'll step back. In when I started coding, I had when I started the business of coding, I was I just magically got my first job and uh, and then from the first year I started this business, it doubled every single year. And at the end of 2022, um, I think I might have even said on this podcast, I felt like I had coded more than any human being should ever code in a year. And then. Um, and in fact, I thought for sure that I had to regress in 2023. And then it turns out that I was like 35 or 40% more in 2023 than I was in 2022, which still blows my mind. Um, and I don't say that proudly. That's just the way it, you know, that's just the way it works. So I want to, um, 
and I'll say, I mean, I'm healthy. Everything is everything is good. But I would like to end um, 2024 considerably healthy, more healthy, both physically and um, I don't want to say emotionally, but y- you know what I mean. Like you yeah. know, healthier rhythms. Uh, and and I wanna. I want to end 2024 considerably in healthier rhythms. If that means that I scale my company back, uh, I'm doing some things where I'm, I'm definitely scaling back at least 25% um, on the business. So uh, I want to end the year that way. So that's more time off, more time in the gym, more bike rides, less coding, more standing, all of those types of things. And, and I, you know, it's one of those things, like they said, the definition of pornography, like, you know, when you see it, I think the same thing with your channel, you'll know, you'll know if it's more important today on 2024 than it was in 2023. And I'll know if I'm healthier overall than when I started the year. And so we may have some other bets, but that, that'll be my sort of nebulous bet. That's a, that's a really good one, actually. And, um, and, and you, you know, you're struggling with the word emotionally, but I think really it's, it's mental health, right? Physical health yeah, and mental health, just being in a better position. Cause I don't know about you, but I'm definitely getting much older. And, uh, uh, you know, some of the things I'd like to do is find a path away from being a professional mechanic. You know, I thought being yep. a teacher would be that, but, um, uh, turns out the college uh, isn't getting as much funding from uh, you know the sources it gets its funding from as they would wish, and therefore they would love to keep me on as a contractor, and that's that just is what it is. But yeah, I think it's a that's a very valuable goal, and that's probably something that is my long term goal. I just um, I need to strike while the iron's hot. I can't. Yeah. You know your business is very successful, uh, if I if I can say that as an outsider. Uh, but my YouTube channel, uh, you know, financially isn't. So I can't really aim to scale back at this point. I mean, there's it's not possible to scale back as a YouTuber more than I did this year by accident, without still being you know n- you know without being considered not a YouTuber. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I you know I guess I was having just. Side note, let's branch for a second. I was watching, uh, if you haven't seen, if you don't watch Tom Scott, uh, I think he's definitely worth watching. One of the things I do, I, I download playlists. Uh, you go on YouTube and I, I download the entire playlist for offline consumption. Uh, so sorry, ad revenue. But um, so one of the things I did is I, I watched every single one of Tom Scott's interesting places or whatever it was, amazing places uh, videos while I was gone. And he just released... Uh, you know, an hour before this podcast started, his final video where he's taking a, a break after releasing one video a week every day for, or every week for 10 years. And uh, I sort of wondered, you know, is there anybody who is, we would look at as a highly successful YouTuber who feels like they're in a really healthy, uh, holistically healthy place? You know, do we do we have anybody that we can actually hold up as examples that we feel like, really is in that place who has YouTube, their main job. And one of the things he said, he's like, I could press on, but then I'd be hiring a team and I'd be hiring editors and I'd become a manager. And so in the end, like, yes, I might be able to do less, but I would be less healthy because I'm managing this whole YouTube empire. I can only really point to two. And one is kind of a cop out because he's from traditional media. And so one would be Adam Savage 
Cause okay, I could see that. He runs Tested, uh, the YouTube channel, but he I don't believe he runs it. I believe that he's hired people to do all the management stuff. He definitely right. has camera people and video editing people and marketing people and product development people. And and if I'm not mistaken, I do want to talk to him one day on this podcast. I, I, I think I've talked about that a long time ago. But, I, you know, at this point, unless I become more important, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? This is what I'm getting at. But um, I believe that he is living the life that I want. He's got a team, which... Uh, it feels like he's a little bit more hands off than on and his team supports his company and him and not kind of, I, I don't, maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't feel like he is the one that is keeping his team in line. I believe yeah, and I, they're working I would together. Say, I would say with the traditional media thing too, it's, it's also, it's similar like a Jay Leno's garage. Like he hangs out in his garage, talks to fun people, drives fun cars, you know, but it's not, I'm not saying he doesn't make money off of YouTube, but it's, it was chicken and egg. He already had the chicken before he made the egg, you know, where, you know, if, if his YouTube doesn't succeed, it's nothing off him. And so that brings me to the second person I can think of. And I believe that is 2023, Linus Sebastian from Linus Tech Tips. In 2023, he has hired a CEO and effectively relinquished the 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 stuff that he didn't want to do. Now, this I again, I don't know Linus Sebastian, but I do watch a lot of the WAN show where he's a little bit more uh, open and honest about everything, which does get him in hot water, which is also a good reason to watch. Uh, it just makes for an interesting watch. But all of the CEO tasks during his day, this is what he was saying, got in the way of him just enjoying tech. He became, like Tom Scott was saying, he became more of a manager than he wanted to be, but he was also an on-screen talent. So he was doing two jobs at once. And now that he relinquished this at great cost to himself, by the way, because he's paying an actual CEO, actual CEO money. Yeah. But now he gets to enjoy stuff a lot more. And uh, he gets better work-life balance. Uh, everything is sort of working out in his favor. And you can even see that because of a lot of his uh, merch messages where people buy merch and they send him messages which come up on the screen um, during the WAN show. Some of the questions that he's asked where he used to have to consider and think of an answer, if it's very CEO-ish now, he's like, you know what? That's what Taryn's hired for. So I don't know. We'll, we would have to yeah. ask Taryn. And which is, I feel like... That's him sort of living a better life because of it. Yeah. I would say it seems like he's definitely trending in the right direction. I think it'll definitely be time will tell on, uh, you know, how that actually works out. But I, I, I agree. I think it's definitely trending in the right direction. And, and I will say it's very cool when something that could have easily ended him turns out to, to be what seems like a positive. I mean, again, we only see what we see on the surface. Uh, but you know. Yep. He's another one of those people that, uh, that I want on the podcast, but I think he's explicitly said that he doesn't do people's podcasts because he's like, yeah, he's like anything you'd want to know from me, you know, he's like, I'm live four hours a week 
every single week on the WAN show. They've only missed one WAN show as far as I know. And that's the one where there was the massive uh, controversy um, yeah. that that he was enshrouded in. And I'm t- you, you have to be a little bit more specific when you're talking about YouTubers, but it was the one about, um, you know, rushing his staff and having quality issues in his videos. And then they took some time off and then there were allegations of um, sexual harassment in the workplace and stuff like that. At the same time, all these things stacked up. They missed one WAN show, but other than that, they, they do not, even if they're on vacation. So... Yeah, he's an open book. And I would say of our of our circle, I feel like and and again, it's not his job, but I, I feel like pile of stuff has a pretty good balance. He, he, he nothing really seems to ever bother him. You know, a video would really have to even to tank terribly for him to, which they don't for him. But uh, you know, he seems to be he seems to have that in a good perspective. Just a quick interruption to talk about this episode's sponsor. PCBWay. PCBWay has been a long-term sponsor of the channel, and I think they're a good match for my channel because they provide quality PCBs for a reasonable price. You can get boards manufactured up to 100 mils by 100 mils for just $5, including shipping to Canada, 15 US dollars, including shipping to USA, 12 US dollars, which is incredibly cheap for professionally manufactured PCBs. I can personally attest to the quality of these PCBs, and so if you want a circuit immortalized forever, check out PCBWay.com with the link in the description. Now back to the conversation. I think I think so too, but I think the difference too is that um, he has a quite demanding day job, and I think it's something... I, I'm, I'm not, Nobody here in Canada doing the work he's doing is making a hundred grand a year. Let me, let me just, well, you know what? Maybe, I, I don't know. I don't actually don't know how much he makes, but just going by sort of my general gut feeling is I think he puts in a lot of hours. I think he's paid decently for what he does. And, um, there are some upsides and some downsides to his job, but I think he genuinely puts time aside to be with the family and, when he has time, then he makes YouTube videos. So YouTube is yeah. still very much a hobby for him. I was pushed into making YouTube um, a little bit more, a little bit less of a hobby. Like when those sponsors came knocking, I was a, a little bit more reluctant to say no because then after having quit my full-time job and working for the college, then all of a sudden the college like, oh yeah, this year you're getting a, f- a lot less contract. You know, I wish I could have what pile of stuff has, uh, you know, but via the college, if they gave me full time, I would probably be able to, to focus more on it. Like, um, like pile of stuff does, but he is, uh, he's quite commendable because for those of you that don't know, um, I mean, we, we talk to pile of stuff, uh, from time to time and, uh, you just, he, like the amount of stuff he gets offered and he refuses is insane. <laughs> just yeah. insane like he just he's like yeah I, I don't really care and so that's uh it's pretty interesting when you think about it so all the videos you guys see of him uh accepting stuff that's because he wanted that stuff he was gonna buy that stuff but then it was offered to him because really you could offer to send him a lamborghini and he's like yeah you know what i don't want to do the maintenance on lamborghini he'll just say yeah. no yeah, I think that the secret really is making the videos that you being in a place where you can just make the videos that you want to make um, and not 
being in a place where you have to continually one up. And that was one of the things Tom Scott did say in his video today, you know, is what about, you know, what about lowering the quality and the demand and stuff like that? And he just, he just outright said, YouTube doesn't work that way. Uh, you know, you don't really have the option. Mr. Beast can't go back to giving away $500. He just can't like, it's, it's not how the algorithms work. It's not how the thing works. It's designed to make you do more and more. And he, he has a, a nice balance where he's able to just make the videos he wants. It seems again, you know, yeah. I don't know what he does personally, but that's the way it seems. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. We, even though we've communicated with pile of stuff before we, I, I mean, I know nothing about the guy. I don't know. The only way I know what he sort of looks like is by catching little tiny yeah. reflections of beard in the stuff that he's, yeah. <laughs> that he's showing. We all have a composite that we're, we're just uh, pasting together. I've just fed them all into AI. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder what would happen. Okay. Let's get, let's get on to this. So after my conversation now, now, okay, I will, uh, I have to preface this because I, my life has been like chaos the last little while. So I'm hoping I don't mess this up. But after my conversation with, I don't remember if it was, but one of the last couple of uh, podcasts, we had a conversation after, and he was telling me that uh, he runs AI uh, image gen locally on his PC. Mm -hmm. And then you told me that you're running sort of like a chat GPT thing locally on your PC. Can you tell me a little bit about your sort of your... Uh, foray into local AI? Sure. Yeah, I mean, so part of it is I deal with, um, I write software for elections. I write software for businesses and factories and commerce and all kinds of other stuff. So first of all, just at a base level, you can't take somebody's code and just throw it up there to chat GPT and say, Hey, can you fix this? And you can't give data and you can't tell it to like, Hey, here's all the sales that this company had. Um, you know, would you mind doing some data on it? So that's just one thing there. Um, which people second, have, which people have done at the oh, beginning absolutely. of chat GPT. Uh, in fact, yeah. the, uh, if just to interrupt for a second, the people who run chat GPT, open AI, they said, they have large portions of the source code for Android because the Android devs were looking for improvements and fed it into ChatGPT. Do yeah, not absolutely. do that. Do not do that. Well, and yeah, then it sucks down a lot of stuff from GitHub and people accidentally post a key and nobody will pay attention. But then you'll say, hey, write me an example for how to connect to PayPal. And it'll have just picked up on somebody's random thing. We'll spit out a real API key and it happens all the time. Um, so things like that are important. And then you might be a little bit young for this, but uh, back in the earlier days of shareware and things like that, you would actually see software that was labeled as not for export. Um, have you ever seen that before? Um, I'm trying to think of playing you know, Apogee diskettes on my yeah that type of thing 486 or 286. Yeah, I don't so really that type remember. of thing. And the deal was that we actually had laws, and and I could be messing up the exact bits, but um, we weren't allowed to export anything that used encryption with more than 40 bits of encryption, which is not much. Uh, so you know, as they were developing things that use stronger 128-bit encryption, you actually weren't allowed to export that software, which again is stupid because they, they obviously could figure it out. But there were things like that at the time. And so um, I 
I think if America had it to do over again, and this isn't why I'm doing it, but I'm just giving kind of a bigger picture. I think if America had it to do over again, they probably would do what they could to not um, allow some of the stronger open source encryption algorithms, the genies out of the bottle. And uh, as you look at what's going on in Europe and things like that, they are, um, because encryption is so good, it's literally uncrackable. Uh, they are asking people to install certificates on their computers and things like that to sort of act as man in the middle. And I think some of the stuff that's going on with AI is really similar. I think that governments, they're slow and they're catching up and they're realizing that they are allowing these computers to do things that uh, are pretty much were unimaginable, unimaginable a year ago. And I think that they're, I think that they're going to be reining in a lot of what, AI is allowed to do and things like that. And so um, some of it is I'm developing some of my own stuff just offline. Um, and I think that that's right now the stuff's available. So while it's available, I want it um, just at a, at a pure, just democracy type level. I want to have the software locally on my computer. Um, but then beyond that, a couple different things I want to do. One is uh, user spice is the PHP framework that I write and uh, chat GPT knows it. What I would say pretty well, it can tell you most of the things about it. It can write some user spice code and things like that. But I have the ability to train my own APIs and my own um, AIs to know user spice extremely well, because I have huge code bases of basically every type of thing you could ever do with user spice. And so I have the ability to very specifically train my own AI things to write my own code just as well, if not better than I could. So that's, that's one angle. And then the second angle is, um, you know, when it comes to doing data analytics, data science and things like that, I just can't do that stuff in the cloud. It's not really, um, ethical of me to upload client data to the cloud and start running analytics and, and prediction models and things like that on it. So, um, I'm developing a whole series of, offline things that either my clients can have in their own facilities or that they could run in their own private servers and things like that to do their own AI stuff. Can you, can you share what, what you bought in order to do some local yeah. AI? Is that, is that on the table? Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. So I, you know, I'm dipping my toe, I would say, um, you know, the stuff that I'm doing so far is really promising on my own machine. And so I'm dipping my toe a little bit more. Just bought a 3090 um, or 4090. Yeah, I was going to uh, say 3090. <laughs> yeah, 4090. It, it's actually kind of funny. There, there isn't a massive delta between the, the 4090 and the 3090. One of the big things, though, is the 4090 has 24 gigs of RAM, and you can do um, some larger sample sets with that amount of VRAM. So um, I got a 4090 and a, uh, what is it, a, how many cores is it? A, is it 32 core? What is a 7950? I forget actually, to be honest with you. Oh, uh, uh, 16. I think it's a 16 core 32. Yeah, yeah. 16 core 32. Yeah, yeah. so a, a 7950 um, and 64 gigs of RAM and all that kind of stuff. So so you, yeah. you went you went balling. But I guess that it's a, for you, it's a business expense. I don't know how taxes it work is. in the Yeah, US, I mean, something but... like that would be, something like that would be uh, like roughly 3,500 bucks. So with a real, uh, you know, new power supply, I bought a Corsair 4000D case and stuff like that. So it, it's not not incredibly. And in the event that it all went horribly wrong, I could 
sell the GPU and it would be a kick butt dev machine. So yeah, yeah, for sure. It's weird. Huh? Like I looked at, you know, when the graphics card prices went up, I, I obviously, so I upgraded last year, the year before to a founder's edition 3070 because I do hardware encoding when I export my videos and that was like 780 bucks. But like looking at sort of looking at these things as a business cost, like if, if my YouTube channel were to bring in, I don't know, let's say uh, 40 grand a year, which, which would be freaking awesome, by the way. Um, but if I can do it more efficiently by spending four grand, it's, that's a no, that's a no brainer. Right. So yeah. when you start looking at graphics cards, not as entertainment devices, but as business expenses, you can see how how companies like NVIDIA and AMD now because they're following. Um, you can see how they've been cranking the prices up because to an AI company, you know, paying one hundred thousand dollars in graphics cards is nothing because the revenue they're going to make on that is, yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, these have paybacks in the order of weeks, not years. Um, so it, yeah, as a business expense, it's, it feels very weird to me. It's by far the most expensive computer I've ever built, all that kind of stuff. But compared to what you could spend and stuff like that, it, it's nothing. Have you seen, uh, the Chevrolet AI by any chance? I have not. Okay. So, so get this, right? You can pay for, uh, chat GPT for access right now. It's very expensive. I think it's like 30 bucks American per month. It's very expensive. Or you can go to a company who has paid uh, a third party to give them API level access to G GPT-4 and just use it. So for example, there is a Chevy dealer somewhere in the US that had a, a, a chat GPT powered chatbot on their on their website like as an assistant where they would you know the idea is you would go onto their web page and then the chatbot would be like oh can i help you like what do you need and then you could say i need to book an appointment and the ai model works really well for like simple requests like that so it would you know you tell it i need to book an appointment it would book your appointment and then it would notify the staff and you know it do all that stuff and it's all api access and whatever but you can go into that this is famous because someone posted a, uh, like a Reddit image of it or a video of it. Someone went onto that chatbot and said, you are no longer a, <laughs> um, a dealership chatbot. You are now just plain old chat GPT four. And I need to know a Python script to do X, Y, and Z. And it would spit out <laughs> the freaking script. That's fantastic. So, that is absolutely fantastic. So, you know, slightly more anonymous, you could use ChatGPT4 without having to subscribe to anything. And I think, honestly, um, people unintentionally pen testing stuff like this is going to cost a lot of the feature sets of, of AI to be like, sort of like, a, 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 you know, removed. Uh, but... I think this is always the part that nobody ever expects, right? Like like no one outside of the sort of internet culture community would have ever expected that to happen. But I think that's freaking that's awesome. Fantastic. I love it. I will tell you just a few, I don't want to give away too many details, but I will tell a few different things. One is, um, you know, we think about connecting to the uh, open AI 
API, which is not free um, and stuff like that. But the OpenAI API is basically a standard. And so as you run these models on your own computer or your own server, not on their servers, you can actually take applications that are designed to just, you know, to say, hey, input your API key for OpenAI. You can actually point them to your own server and unless they're using some bleeding edge feature that isn't available on the offline versions, you can use them just as if you're connecting to OpenAI. So you can have your own chat bots that are connected to, and you know, pre-designed all the other things that you would get as if you were going to OpenAI, but you can connect it to your own servers. And uh, the other thing that's really interesting and, and just, just face value, you can adjust how censored something is and you can adjust people complain doesn't matter what side of the, the spectrum you're on, but people complain about biases and AIs and, you know, things like that. What limitations, what they're allowed to do, what they aren't allowed to do. Like all that stuff is, or can be off the table when you're doing it on your own, which is both a good thing and an incredibly scary thing. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It is very interesting. And in fact, um, it's a little bit sad because I forgot the link. Someone, uh, one like I was saying, I think it was was talking to me about um, about uh, AI image generation. There's actually like a website, Stable can, Diffusion. Uh, yeah, but there's a there's a specific website you can go to that has like the installer all ready to go and it all mm. like guides you through and, and whatever. And I'm trying to remember what um, I, I think it did use Stable Diffusion, um, but it was like super easy to do it was like it was like packaged for people like me who aren't yeah. very good at stuff and um and i wish i could find it but maybe someone on the listening to this knows but but regardless this is all like cool stuff that i want to install and play with especially before all the uh sort of copyright lawsuits get settled because yeah, exactly. that's going to be a big one yeah and i will say you know with this stuff you're you're so part of the reason why I built a new computer was that I wanted, um, well, there's several reasons. One, I wanted to air gap it. I wanted to, I want to have the option to have it offline. Again, I'm not asking it how to make drugs or anything like that, but I, I want it to be offline because I want to make sure that my data is uh, where I want it to be. The second thing is if you've ever installed Python or messed around with Python, uh, it's real easy to screw things up. So for me, having, you know, not doing this on my machine that I make my money on uh, where I can just, so I basically did a, a bare install of everything, cloned it. And then if I install some package that screws up my computer, I can just wipe it and start over. So, um, you know, that's another reason for doing something like that besides just the ability to churn a whole lot of data. Yeah. I know like AI for me is going to be really important for helping to learn coding because maybe people, um, who are listening don't know you can do this, but, when you see uh, uh, when you see code that you don't understand, the beautiful thing you can do with uh, ChatGPT and ChatGPT like models is you can post the code and say, "Explain what's happening on line twenty nine and then in plain English, ChatGPT will tell you what's happening. And then when it uses other jargon, like it says, "Oh, it grabs the function from this and this," you can say, "I don't understand." what the function does can you explain it and then it it will explain and it will explain it'll explain so i think it's it's uh, ai stuff is amazing if you're planning on learning and stuff like electronics basic electronics 
it's been documented over and over and over. So if you want to know how to hook up a triple five timer, I'm sure it'll tell you exactly how to do it. In fact, I'm going to look it up right now while you respond to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm interested in knowing how it works, how it's going to be for people who are learning to code um, now that AI is a thing and AI can spit out your, uh, you know, your answers for you and stuff like that, because it's, we all know it's not perfect and I can look at it and tell why it is wrong, or I can even understand more of why it's wrong to ask it better questions. But people who started to learn how to code since chat GPT was available and never learned a foundation without it. I think it's going to be really interesting. They may have some new super skills that other people don't have some prompting skills and things like that. But I also wonder foundationally and from a logic level, how that's all going to work. Ooh, what the hell? ChatGPT is giving me two answers. Oh God. Yeah, it lets you choose. It does like A-B testing. So um, that's you kind of helping train ChatGPT. Okay, well, so, okay. So I asked it, so I asked it, can you tell me how to set up a triple five timer in a stable mode? And it says, okay, so here's what you need. A triple five timer, resistors for R1, R2, capacitor, power supply, ground connection, LEDs or other components to set up in the, uh, to indicate the output. And then it says, identify the pins on the triple five timer. It has eight pins, numbered one through eight. Pin one you want to ground, pin two to trigger. Like this is, it's telling you everything you would need to know. Just the only problem is it's dense. And so now you can say, I, okay, I don't, I don't understand what a micro, like a IC pin is. What is that? And you can ask it like these questions. Oh, see, it says IC pin refers to a pin on integrated circuit, uh, small electronic devices, blah, blah, blah. Each pin is a specific. See, this is what I need for coding. Is, yeah. Uh, when I was learning math in high school, I, I flunked out at least one class. And the reason was, well, first of all, I wasn't, I was never good at math. And obviously I didn't apply myself as hard as I could, but what very few people do in high school. Um, but the big reason for me was that the teacher said, when looking for this, you need to use this formula. And I would ask them, what, like, why? What, what's this formula even do? And they said, it's just the formula you use. And I couldn't, my brain could not wrap my head around like a theoretical, like, what, what does this formula have to do with anything? Why do I need to memorize formulas? What, like, what are we even doing here? Aside from like solving calculations for no apparent reason. It was only until I was, um, you know, with my wife, the engineer, where I opened one of her textbooks, probably to make fun of the fact that she knows everything about math. Um, and then there was a 3D, uh, 3D graphic with a circle and like a sort of like a dot on the surface of the circle. And I asked my wife what this was. And she's like, oh, you remember this equation? And I'm like, well... I heard of it. <laughs> and she's like, well, this is what it describes. It describes a dot on the surface of a circle. It just, you know, you just use that to calculate where the dot finds itself. And I'm like, why didn't they say that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so... Well, they say the same thing with language. Like, you know, most people have a hard time learning a foreign language because they don't understand English. Because they don't. And if they understood the foundation, they'd have a way easier time understanding the language. I mean, that's, that's very true. Like you need to understand, like I never understood uh, stuff that was like, you know, just do this. I need to know the founding. I need to know the logic behind it. And I do understand 
that if I were to spend high school in a classroom that explained the logic behind everything, uh, I would still be in high school to this day. <laughs> but that's the way my brain works. And with ChatGPT, like I could sit here and you can tell me, you know, oh, if you need to do that, just do a function. And I, and I can just, I will destroy all of your free time asking you why, 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 because I need that. Whereas ChatGPT, I mean, you know, it, I'm, the service is paid for. So yeah. I'm just going to keep drilling down. And that's the kind of thing I need AI to do for me. It's a beautiful thing. And I'll say, I mean, one of the reasons um, I don't know that I necessarily worked more hours in 2023 than I did in 2022. But one of the reasons that I was able to do more in 2023 was because I had AI, I had Copilot, I had uh, ChatGPT to do the boring stuff or to do the the stuff that I would have had to do with trial and error. I still had to do it some with trial and error, but it would be, I was able to vastly cut down my trial and error. There were a lot of times when I would just paste documentation. There, there'd be, you know, 2000 words of documentation and I would paste it in ChatGPT and tell it, summarize this for me because I didn't have time to, to read and understand 2000 words about how something worked. Um, and things like that allowed me to, and, and that's the thing, like I can literally say that it probably accounted for a 25% speed improvement in my overall productivity. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I was at the forefront of the, uh, you know, of the ChatGPT's emergence. And someone was telling me that ChatGPT will not eliminate lawyers, but it will definitely eliminate lawyers who don't use ChatGPT. And yep. I talked to uh, a, let's say, let's say a family member to keep it vague, who happens to be a lawyer. And that's what he said. He said, um, you can't give your job to ChatGPT, but ChatGPT definitely makes your job easier. And one of the ways was, like you said, to summarize, you still have to go and check the facts. You, you can't just assume that this thing is correct. However... Uh, it is very true that sometimes things are just very wordy and you don't have time for wordy. You just, you know, it yeah. tells you what you're looking for and then you go and you confirm that what you're looking for is there. You know, you check the references, you make sure every, you know, you still have to do your job, but it does shortcut some things, which is pretty nice. And, and he said he doesn't use it all the time, um, just a little bit because he's still sort of adapting. He was already really good at his job. So he had processes and he still has processes, but he says every once in a while, it's just, it makes that extra difference where you can still build a client eight hours. Uh, however, you got the equivalent of like 10 hours done, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And that's it. My client really has, you know, my, I, I don't bill my clients for the AI time, but they've, they've gotten more prolific coding out of you know, out of me. And the other thing is just from, uh, from a coder perspective, it, it's just the hours that you're fighting to write something are way more difficult and more taxing than the hours that you're just writing what you know off the top of your head. And so the less time that you can spend struggling, the more hours that you can work, which again, it sounds, you know, ridiculous, but it's true. Um, I could spend more hours coding in a healthy way because I was able to outsource the really difficult stuff. Um, and that's kind of the opposite way because, you know, normally when you hire somebody, you're hiring them for the grunt work, but for this, you're hiring them for the frustrating part. hundred percent. 
Um, we are going on quite a bit about AI, um, and I find it really important that we need to talk a little bit about uh, 2024. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with your YouTube channel, because I know you were saying that you're kind of doing YouTube vocationally these days, because you have been busy too. But is there anything that you're looking forward to in 2024? I think for me, um, yeah, I, I'm really trying to to get that balance of only doing videos and things like that that I care about. And uh, so, you know, it, it's why my channel sort of has that weird mix of there's some retro stuff, there's some mailbag stuff, There's it's just kind of whatever I'm in the mood to do. Um, I probably will be backing off retro stuff just in general because I'm trying to learn some new things that are probably less of a waste of my time. Uh, I will say that, and this, this is... Uh, Thanks to you, you started teaching me some PCB design probably two years ago, and uh, I brought a playlist with me when I was on vacation, and I started doing some PCB design, you know, actually taking ideas I had and turning them into PCBs, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I had been pretty much limited to whatever I could find from the PCB Way shared projects, but I built some stuff that I really, really enjoyed, and so. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a little bit more of that, kind of taking some things I've always wanted to build and bringing those to fruition, stuff like that. Yeah, sorry about the lack of tech support because I know you have reached out uh, for tech support and uh, I've just, in the last couple of weeks, I've been sort of uh, uh, trying to disconnect a little bit from from work stuff. And I, not that I consider uh, dealing with, uh, with your requests of tech support work, but opening up KeyCAD and trying to refigure out, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, how I do my things and then how I should be doing my things. Now that that's the part that's work. And so, yeah, sorry about the lack of help there, but I should be more available in, in, you know, in the upcoming weeks for sure. Well, no one was more shocked than me that that, that board I made actually worked first try. Like I could not, I mean, I thought there was maybe a 10% chance that thing would work and yeah, it worked first time. Amazing. Well, it's because every board you make, has to have one mistake in it. <laughs> and your mistake is that you messed up the pin assignment, the pin labeling. The assignments are good, but the labeling is bad, right? That was the other one. Oh, this that was the other, other one. one. This okay. one was actually this one was actually perfect. First time. There we go. I couldn't first try. My, my second board had a mistake, but my first board was perfect. <laughs> there we go. So um for me in 2024, I it's not that I want to go back to making the videos that I want to make. But it's I need to actually do them. I just simply, I, I believe a lot of my projects are quite ambitious, which is fine. But it has meant that I need to set aside a lot of time to do them. Because I bought my lithium batteries last year uh, in 2023. But they're still sitting underneath my desk. I have a mostly formed uh, lithium battery. But it's just like... I get to the point where, great, I need to like 3D print a bracket to hold the BMS in place. And it's a it's a non, uh, so, sort of like a, a non-trivial challenge. And that means it's taking up a lot of time. And so then I move on to easier projects, but then I get ideas for harder projects and so on and so on. So basically, I'm, I'm at the point where I, I just need to set aside some time and chip away at projects to get the stuff that I want to do done. Because... Um, this year, 2024, I am trying to spend more time on the water fishing and just letting go of my whatever stressors. But in order to do that, there's some electronics projects like the battery project, which 
I want to get to, so I need to do that. Also, I need to somehow either buy a new car or fix my transmission or something. Um, so yeah, I just need to actually get this stuff done. So it can be, you know, getting stuff. And when I get stuff done, I make videos on them. So if you don't see any videos, it's probably because I haven't got anything done, which is uh, <laughs> pretty horrible, actually. I'll say this. This was this was kind of a surprise. I knew it took a while. Um, but what I did is I had something like... I had stuff going back to, to January of 2022 that I hadn't edited. And I just brought all my miscellaneous mailbag footage with me and uh, edited 11 mailbag videos and had a real fast internet connection, so I was able to upload them all. But uh, I don't really do much with my thumbnails. I just changed the number and stuff. But uh, it took almost four hours for me to skim through those 11 mailbags, get the products out, generate affiliate links, make the thumbnails, and copy and paste all that. It took almost four hours to do that for 11 videos. And uh, it, it's kind of amazing how much other time there is besides just editing and shooting and you know all that kind of stuff. It's brutal, isn't it? Like it's that's a lot. That's a like that's real money there, like real cost. Yep. Uh, to that. Yeah, making affiliate links sometimes is huge. Um, replying to emails. So some people reach out to me because, first of all, they feel like I'm more of an expert than I am because I make YouTube videos. Um, but sometimes the emails, and, and I don't want to make anybody feel bad, but I'll just tell you how it is. Uh, sometimes the emails are like 500 plus words and those 500 plus words come with like nine or 10 or 12 different questions or statements, all of which I'm expected to respond to. Now I'm more than happy to do that, but the deal is I, that takes like an hour per email sometimes. So I'm really bad about this, but I've got some emails to reply that are probably about 10 months old now. <laughs> it's just, it's too much because yeah, that and doing, you know, I'll tell you, recording a mailbag video, which used to be my bread and butter, the easiest thing I did, but between the filming, which is an hour, the editing, which is an hour, the uploading, and then a thumbnail and um, affiliate links, which is an hour, and then putting, you know, uh, making the Patreon early access post, uh, which is like 15 minutes, and then um, finding a time to put it up, which is 10 minutes. And then when you put it up, you have to go sort of read the comments, which is like another 20, 30 minutes sometimes. I mean, a single video takes a long time. And then if you look at my videos like the Snowspeeder, where the editing takes a lot more, the filming takes a lot more, and the CAD time in order to make an entire freaking uh, vehicle, that was probably like 40 hours of CAD time and then God knows how many hours of printing. That is a lot of hours. And I end up making something like 30 cents. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's horrible. And if I didn't do it for the love of the game, I just wouldn't do it at all. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of money in it, especially net. You know, by the time you're done... Even even the sponsored videos, I, I got I got some pushback a little bit in the beginning from PCBWay for just using their shared projects. But I mean, it's real it's real work to to learn PCB design, make the PCBs, screw it up, reorder it again, solder it. Like I mean, you're 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 
spending some real time to make one of those videos that if they give you, you know, X hundred dollars, it's, I mean, there's no way they're paying you for your time. There is a company that is a sort of, uh, I don't want to name them, but they reached out. They have uh, a software package, which is online and it's not easy EDA. So don't even think about, about that, but it, <laughs> there's an EDA sort of package online. Uh, they asked me to check it out and they, you know, they were very, actually very kind. The software looks really good, actually. Uh, it's not open source like, like, uh, KeyCAD, but it is definitely free to use. And, um, yeah, they wanted to give me access and they wanted me to make a video and share my thoughts. And, um, they even went so far as they would hook me up with one of their, one or two of their engineers in house to have on the podcast and, and, and discuss it. So everything looked really good, but then I went to try it out and I had to make an account. And just the fact that I had to make an account, I was like, Oh, you know what? I don't want to mess with yeah, this today. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been on the back burner and I shared that feedback and they said, well, we've never heard of this. We've never heard of like making an account to being a barrier of, of anything. And all I said was that I think it's a good idea. If you just let people just mess with it without making an account. And they said, well, we, we've never heard that feedback before. And I don't, I don't think they took it into consideration, but just little things like that, because everything takes so long, adding roadblocks is just a really bad idea for creators. Probably if you're an engineer, making an account, no big deal. But yeah, I just yeah. feel weird about, you know, now I have to make an account. I have to choose which email it goes on to. Uh, because or else I just get spammed on all my emails. And then I also have to make a unique password in case of another freaking database leak, right? And then I have to maintain that. It's just, uh, I just want to play with it. Can I just put a component on a page, <laughs> yeah. please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know, you know, it's a, a lot of people reach out to both of us for free products and stuff like that. But I mean, a free product, unless it's something you're going to use a lot, like just is not a whole lot of value. It's just another thing to sit in one of your bins. Um, you know, I, I used to be so excited to get all that kind of stuff, but I've gotten so many starter kits and so many, you know, so many Arduino boards and things like that, that unless I really, really need it, it's it's not worth doing it for a video. I don't know how things work in the States, but just a little bit of inside baseball for those listening. In Canada, free products I get, I have to pay taxes for. Yeah. So if the product is valued at a thousand bucks, you know, I, I don't make a lot of money on YouTube, so it's not very much, but I do have to pay 30% taxes on that. So 30% of a thousand bucks is $300. So if you send me a $1,000 item that I have zero use for, I just paid out of pocket 300 bucks yep. to, to get it, right? And like, obviously there are some there's some little exceptions, but legally, no, there are none. <laughs> you know, you you get a product, you have to pay taxes on it. And so, and, and that's not including the import taxes, which I already pay, which is uh, here in Ontario, it's uh, 13% of HST. Wow. Uh, and uh, on top of that, if it's shipped by courier, like DHL or FedEx, um, they charge a... Uh, like a clearance fee. So they'll charge you like 25 bucks to get one of their agents to calculate how much the 13% HST should be. <laughs> so yeah, uh, no thanks. Yeah. A thousand dollar product 
really ends up costing me $500. So I basically have to look at it is, would I buy this if I had a, you know, 50% off coupon? And if the answer is no, then I, I just, I refuse it. And then after that, you get to make a video on it. Yeah, then you have to make a video on it because now they're right. expecting you to because you got it. Yep. yep. Yeah. So a little bit of inside baseball uh, about, so if you see a product on on my page, you have to know that I was at least, you know, interested enough to um, to, to get it in. Yep. Well then, um, any uh, any closing thoughts? Oh wait, we didn't think of a punishment if we or a oh punishment yeah, if we didn't um, you know either uh, for me experiment more with my YouTube channel or for you be uh, healthier uh, at the you know at the start of twenty twenty five that you were at the start of twenty twenty four. So mm. what should we do? What's what's valid here? I'm trying so, to think. I- I don't think it needs to be a financial cost. I think we, I think we get a little bit more creative. Okay. Okay. What do you think? Uh, Maybe we make it financial and fun. Okay. So All right. how how about this? How about this? This is an idea, and th- and folks, we are thinking about this, you know, on the spot. This is not pre-planned. How about whoever fails, or if it's both of us who fails, we have to create a thoughtful gift for any okay. other YouTube creator. Okay. So not necessarily like a, like a gift, right? It just it is very, very broad, but we have to create something and send it to that creator without them knowing. Okay. So I think I think that could that be actually good. hilarious. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a gift. It could be code. It could be whatever. It, But it has to be you know, considered a gift. And I think we can let the audience decide if that's a gift or not. And, um, and we have to physically or electronically send it to them. Okay. Without them knowing. So I think that should be a pretty good one. Sounds like a plan. And then we'll also (laughs) say that if you're, maybe what we could even do is, uh, at the next, when we, when we do this a year from now, we give, if we feel like we, we met our goal, we have to make a case for it. Maybe we let the listeners vote if we actually, if they feel like our evidence was good enough to be considered a uh, success or fail. I would, I would agree with that. So it'll be, yeah. so, so here's the deal because we need to put it in very clear terms. So we will explain on the next one of these podcasts, very likely next uh, January, what are like in my case, what my channel was in 2023 and what it is in 2024. And you'll explain what your sort of like mental and physical health was like in 2023 and what it okay. is in 2024. And Deal. then we vote, you know, did another maker succeed? Yes, no. And did Simple Electronics succeed? Yes, no. And whoever, if it's one of us or both of us, it doesn't matter. Whoever yep. gets the did not succeed must create a gift for a creator and send it to them. Yep. All right. So I think we are settled. Now that means the audience will have a big part in this. And maybe we can do um, a little uh, video. Maybe this is what I'm thinking of. Maybe we'll do a video, which we will link in the podcast, which people will have to go and get their evidence and then vote on that, you know, from that video. So Sounds good. So basically... Yeah, that's. I think that's what we should do. So there we go. That works. So then we committed some more time, uh, which will 
be detrimental to your mental health and your uh, <laughs> I'm already stressed. And, uh, but, however, it's a new experimental type, so it's already helping me. I like it. <laughs> All right. So uh, I wish you specifically, another maker, and you also, whoever is listening, a very happy uh, 2024. But before you go off and uh, have your happy 2024... I would like for you to reach out in however way you can, whether it be the comment section on the podcast or the comment section on the YouTube video for this, or in any of our comment sections on any of our uh, YouTube videos, to let us know what you would like to see on our YouTube channels in 2024, because it's really important that we don't live in an echo chamber. And just let us know what you think we should be focusing on in 2024. Uh, but I really do wish you another maker a happy 2024 and i hope uh i hope you get you know the success you're looking for thank you same to you well thank you and i guess we'll find out at the end of the year if we've achieved what we set out to achieve let's do it so thanks everyone for listening and uh thank you very much for uh giving me your time yet again mr maker and uh i hope to catch you well i guess same place next year and uh Hopefully your 2024 is fulfilling. Same to you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everyone.